Wow. Thank you, Adam. Wow. Well, it's exciting to be here. Uh, I actually did a service here with Pastor Scott, I think going on about 40 years ago. We did a baptism and uh, shared the word together. So fun to be back again. And uh, man, and Gary and Linda are here, the Donnell family. My goodness. Yeah, Adam, I remember Adam way back, way back when. And uh, boy, you, you folks ought to be really proud of him. That's that's incredible. His his willingness to do what he did. I stand in awe of him. I'm telling you. So very excited. So anyway, this morning uh, we're going to be taking a look at the the Bible, the Word of God, and I you know I have such respect for this book. It it literally has molded my life. It's changed my life, and and I truly believe this book has that kind of power where where when you read it, the the truths come out. And if, they, if you receive them, they get into your mind. And when you start thinking the right thoughts, then you start acting the right way. And when you start acting the right way, you start making good choices. When you make good choices, it's amazing. Life tends to work out better. So uh, this book has totally transformed my life. And uh, I just, I, I think what's so powerful about this, well, first of all, I just, I'm impressed that I could read the same book so I've been reading this book going on 45 years. 45 years. The same book. Uh, I, I think I've read through it, Genesis to Revelation, 20-plus times. I've, I've taught uh, Genesis to Revelations at least twice. I've memorized huge portions of it. But what I like about this book is I believe it's alive. I, I really believe it's alive. There, and I'm sure you've had this experience. You'll, you'll be reading something, and then all of a sudden, it's like a passage of Scripture jumps off the page. You know, it's like, like God's speaking to you, this is for you, that kind of thing. And, and it becomes part of your life. Uh, I, I call those moments epiphanies. I, I just like the word epiphany. I think that's a cool word. And I walk around, I just had an epiphany. Everybody, yeah, okay, right, another epiphany. Did you not sleep last night? No, I, I've had epiphanies. And uh, when, when I have those experiences, they incorporate into my life. And, uh, you know, how many of you know there's a difference between having knowledge of the Scripture and, and a revelation or an epiphany? There's a difference. Like, knowledge of Scripture means you just have information. You, you know facts. I have met Bible scholars who have way more knowledge of Scripture than I do. It's just knowledge. An epiphany is when you take the knowledge and you apply it to your life. You say, oh, I, yes, I get it now. And like, for example, people who smoke cigarettes, they have knowledge, right? What's the knowledge? Uh, you're going to die if you keep doing this. Every, you know this, right? It says you're going to get cancer. That's knowledge. An epiphany happens when you go, oh, that's me. I need, that's applying to my, that's an epiphany. You, you, it causes you to do something. People who text and drive, you know, they have knowledge. What's the knowledge? You're going to cause an accident. An epiphany happens when you go, oh, that's me. So, so there's a difference. And when you get an epiphany, it's exciting. Uh, quite often, the passage you're reading uh, becomes a life verse. So this morning, I, I want to share with you a personal epiphany that I had out of Scripture. And uh, it's, it's three verses. And these, these Scriptures changed my life. They, they have molded me. This happened when I was probably... 21, 22, and I've held on to this truth, and it became part of who I am. 
And my prayer is that this morning it'll change your life, that it'll truly become something you, you grab onto and say, yeah, I get it. It applies to me. We'll be reading uh, a couple of passages about stories that Jesus told, and I'm sure most of you are familiar with these stories, but what we'll be doing this morning, I want to look at them from a totally different perspective. I think this is really going to help you. So we're going to be reading in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's in Matthew chapter 13, just three verses. Uh, the first one is verse 44. This is Jesus talking. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then the next two verses, similar kind of story, only this time it's a pearl. This is verse 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So this is typical of Jesus. He's teaching spiritual truth about the kingdom of heaven. He does it in a parable or a story fashion. And just, you know, an FYI, I think teaching spiritual truth by telling stories, mom and dad, that's one of the best ways to transfer spiritual truth. You want your child's attention? Just tell them a story. And in the story, have a moral, have a spiritual truth. And this is what Jesus does. He does these little stories and you stop and go, wow, man. And the thing is, for some reason, you remember the story. You may forget the sermon, but you remember the story. And so here's Jesus. He tells the story. These are, these are what, he calls, what we call stories, parables of the kingdom of God. And the traditional view, verse 44, 45, 46, when people read this, the traditional view is that pearl, that treasure, is Jesus that treasure, that pearl is your salvation. And so you should be willing to give whatever it costs. You should be willing to bear whatever price uh, needs to be paid, that, that you value your salvation, that this is so important to you, nothing else gets in the way. This is the way I was taught as a young Christian. This is the traditional view. There are stories, uh, books written like this. There are songs written about this, the Pearl of Great Price, pamphlets that I read when I was a young Christian. One day, in my early 20s, I'm reading this, and I had an epiphany. I truly had an epiphany. I felt the Holy Spirit come into the room like he sat down next to me, said, Dave, you got it all wrong. And of course, I said, well, who do you think you are? Oh, God. <laughs> Dave, you got it all wrong. What? The pearl isn't Jesus. You are the pearl. And it was like something broke inside of me. I was like, what? I, I just, it was like eyes started opening. And I started looking, and I realized, oh, my gosh. You know, if you're reading the Bible and you want to try and interpret it as best you can, one of the rules, a rule of Bible interpretation is called the rules of hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is just a big word. All it means is try to let the Scripture interpret Scripture. It's always your safest. It means you don't have to know Greek or Hebrew. You just have to be able to read and be literate. And, and you, can, you can interpret much of the Scripture. Like, just for an example, a lot of people struggle with the book of Revelations. About 90% of the book of Revelations is found in other passages of the Bible, giving a little more clarity. But in this one here, in the parables that Jesus tells you will find, if you follow the rules of hermeneutics, 
whenever he talks about the person doing the deed, the person is always Jesus or God. For instance, when you look at uh, the story of the wheat and the tares, starts in verse 24, kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Another man doing something in the field. He goes on, tells the whole story, and then you get over to verse 37. When he's explaining this, the disciples say, what? What are you talking about? In verse 37, Jesus said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. I'm the man. That's what he's saying. In the parable, I'm the man. And the field is the world. So now if we're going to follow biblical rules, you jump over to, and the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in the field, which a man found and hid. And the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. When he found the pearl of great price, went and sold. Who is the man? Jesus. Who's the pearl? We are. And I promise you, if you get this epiphany, if you get this revelation, this will change your life. You know, in Christianity, basically, there's like, you can almost divide all Christians into two categories, especially American Christians. You have one category that call themselves Christians, and their whole concept of Christianity is trying to be a good person, trying to do good deeds, and in a sense, trying to earn their way to heaven. Things like, I hope I'm good enough. I try to keep the Ten Commandments. I'm doing my best. I hope when I get there, St. Pete lets me in, this kind of stuff. You know, trying to earn it. But there's another group of Christians who have this kind of revelation who understand they're accepted by God. That they're favored by God. And, and so when you get that revelation, then you act out of thankfulness and do the good deeds that God wants us to do. But the things we do are the result of the revelation of who God is and the fact that Almighty God, the creator of the universe, cares about you. It, it's, it, it'll affect you. It would be like, if some of you can remember back when you were young and single, wanted a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and someone comes along and says to you, hey, do you see that pretty girl over there? Or do you see that handsome young guy? He's asking about you. He wants to know you. She wants to know you. So, so a natural response. What would be a natural response? Oh, man. Now I have to go find out who they are. I'll have to go find out everything I can about them. What a bummer, man. I, I really have. Would that, be, would that be the right response? No, what would you do? You go find out about them. You go, I'm going to find out who is she, what is she like. Well, this is the idea. When you begin to look at God like this, this is God saying, I, I want to hang out with you. I, I value you. You're, you're worth something to me. And you, you step back and you go, really? Yeah, really. Well, now I want to get to know him. This is the God I want to get to know. When, when he talks about the treasure, you're his treasure. When he talks about being like the pearl, He's talking about, like, net worth. Any of you have uh, mortgages and uh, or probably, I'm sure many of you have mortgages. Well, with these interest rates right now, uh, they're pretty low. And if you haven't, you ought to take a look at your interest rate that you're paying and see maybe you might refinance and get, you know, save some money. But the problem is when you refinance, what does the bank want to know? 
They want to know how much you're worth. I always find that a little intimidating. I would like to tell them I'm worth millions, man, and I really don't need this mortgage, but if you want to give it to me, that's fine. It's always a little intimidating. How much are you worth? But I did do a little research, and so you don't have to be discouraged because if you Google how much you are worth just your body, I think the chemicals and the minerals in your body can sell for about two or three or four or five hundred dollars. You're worth at least that much. Yeah. If you add your heart, your lungs, your kidney, and all that other stuff, they say you could be worth a couple million. But I'm feeling bad for Adam because you're probably worth a little less. Dang. But it'll grow, it'll grow back, right? So he's going to be worth, he's worth millions anyway. <laughs> but but this, is, you know, this is telling you you're worth something. You're, you're worth a lot. You're worth so much that in the story, he says this merchant is so impressed with this pearl of great price, he's willing to give it all up. All of it. Now, you'll find this teaching throughout the scriptures. You find... You find Paul talking about this in the book of Philippians, chapter 2. He's talking about Jesus, and, and, and he's given another view of this story, but he says, and Jesus, who was equal with God, equal with God, didn't find it something he had to search after, but instead was willing to give up his God stuff and give up his heavenly throne. It says, came to earth, took on the form of a servant, became obedient even unto death. He paid it all. It was worth it to him. He saw something in me. He saw something in you. He saw something in you and said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it all up. I'll give up heaven. And you find these references, like there's another one in the book of Hebrews where it talks about Jesus and what he did, and it says, who for the joy that was before him willingly bore the cross. He was so excited he endured the cross. It said, with joy. Like, I, I can't even comprehend that, but this is what he's doing. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. And when he found this pearl, he was so excited. I want the pearl. And, and you get the impression here that he's looking. He's diligently looking. You know, there's a passage in the Old Testament that talks about how God looks on, on humanity, and it says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the face of the earth. He's always looking. He's searching like this find, to see if he could find someone that he could be strong on their behalf. This is, you know, this is just shocking. And, and if you, again, if you think about following consistent Bible interpretation, if you think that we are the man in the story or we're the merchant, really, like, what wealth do you have that you could give up to buy salvation. What do you have to give? Uh, zero. Actually, negative zero. What do you have? To, uh, let's see, sin, sickness, depression. I have, you know, the book of Isaiah, the prophet said, your righteousness is like rags, man. Your best. Your best is worth zero. So I cannot be the merchant here. I cannot. I am the pearl that he is searching after. But, but you know, th this, is, this is interesting. So I'm always impressed how Jesus tells these stories, and uh, they're stories about us, and he uses analogies like, like when he says we're like sheep. Well, you know, when you do a little reading about sheep, they're pretty dumb, right? 
I mean, they're just not the smartest animals. But he's saying, hey, this is, I care, I'm the shepherd. Well, I think this is interesting about calling me a pearl. I'm a pearl. What good is a pearl? I'm sorry, ladies. I take that back. No. What good is a pearl? Really? I'm, if I'm hungry, can I eat it? Uh, no. Uh, if I'm thirsty, will it quench my thirst? No. If it's raining outside, can I protect myself? No. If I'm cold at night, can I? What good is a pearl? Linda, what good is it? It's just, it's beautiful. That's what it is. It's something to behold. This is what he's calling us. You're beautiful. You have, uh, we would use the term, inherent value, intrinsic value. Here's the takeaway. Here is the takeaway. We please God for who we are, not what we do. Can I say that again? Yeah. You write this down. Get this in your head. This is the epiphany that will transform your life. You please God for who you are, not for what you do. Everything I do is just in gratefulness to God. I already please him because I'm a pearl. He loves to look at me. He loves to behold me. In many places in the scripture, God says, these are my people. They shall be my pearls. They shall be my jewels. They shall be my treasure. He, he views us like that. Not because that we can do something, but because we just have value. We are valuable to God. And here's the thing. What you value, you care for. Like you buy a new coat, I hang it up. After it's a year or two old, I don't always hang it up. Put it over the chair. After it's three or four years old, I just throw it on a chair. What you value, you care for. Your new shirt, your new shoes, you take care. What you value, you care for. So let's think about this. Jesus says he values us like treasure. He values us like a pearl. So let's think about what, what would transpire if you were that merchant. So the merchant says, oh my gosh, I, this pearl, I have to have it. I'm going to sell everything I own, everything. So he sells everything, takes his money, goes into the jeweler, puts it on the counter, says, i, I got to have that pearl. I'm giving everything. Jeweler takes it out. Here's the merchant holding the pearl. Like just, wow. He walks outside. A gust of wind whew, blows the pearl out of his hand falls to the sidewalk, rolls across the sidewalk, over the curb, into the gutter, along the gutter, into the drain. What's the merchant going to do? Ah, whatever. I'll go do something else. What's he going to do, Andrew? Going after it. I will rip that grate right off on my hands and knees. I will get down in the mud. I will find the, I just spent my, everything I, there's no way. There's no way I'm letting it go. This is what he's talking, this is who we are to him. You may fall. You may drop in the sewer. Let me tell you, he, he's coming after you. You are just, too, you're, you're the most precious thing in his eyes. How about if you work all week 
and you get your paycheck, and you go into the bank, and you cash your paycheck. I know that's old-fashioned, but let's just pretend. You cash it, and you get a handful of cash. Don't know what that looks like, but anyway, we used to do this. You get a handful of cash, and you walk outside, and the wind, there goes all your money. What are you going to do? Ah, whatever. Oh, no, man, I'm going after it. Why? Because it's important to me. It's valuable to me. This is, this is the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus was teaching. It is not you sacrificing everything for God. If that were to happen, that's secondary. What the kingdom of heaven is about is we have a God who thinks you individually are the most important thing in his life. He will do anything for you. And when you get that revelation, you live differently. You live with a total different view of what Christianity means. It's about a relationship with a God who wants to know me and spend time with me. It's not a have to, it's a want to. I'm not bothering him when I talk to him. He's my father and he, he delights in me and, and I'm valuable to him, not because of anything I've done, but because of who I am. I'm, I'm created in his image. I'm going to close with this. It's found in the book of Daniel. It's a passage. And in the book of Daniel, it says, those people who know their God will do great exploits. Those people who know their God will do great exploits. I, I believe when you know God for who he is, when you get to know the character, and I believe that's why we have the scriptures, it helps us understand the character and the nature of God. When you get to know God, it transforms you and you begin to act differently. And your exploits are in, in submission to the kingdom of God. The Bible says in 1 John, we love him because he first loved us. May God give you that revelation. Let's close in prayer. God, I thank you for these stories that Jesus told I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you checked me way back when, and I believe you corrected my view of what Jesus was trying to say. God, that, that each one of us are your jewel. Each one of us are your treasure. Each one of us are your pearl. It's not what we can do for you, God. We're, we're favored because of who we are. Open our hearts, God. Open our minds. Give us the revelation of what that means. So let's just take a minute here. I just want to invite the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe when we come to church on Sunday, it's, it's to meet with God. You meet with God through the worship. You meet with God through the preaching of the word. You meet with God by just opening your heart. And I don't know the spiritual condition of all of you here today, but, but I believe there's some of you here that just need a touch by the Holy Spirit. And as I was praying this morning, I just felt that there's probably some of you here today that, that probably find yourself more in that camp of trying to please God in hopes that he'll like you and just need a further touch, a revelation that you're already in. You are already in because of Jesus. That's not something you have to do. 
But I, I just sense the Holy Spirit wants to just lift the burden off of you. Give you that sense of a breath of fresh air. That, that liberty that the Bible talks about. To walk in this freedom. And understand how great God is. And that he's interested in you. So I just want to take a minute here and I'm going to ask if, if, if I'm speaking to some of you and you just feel like you just need that Holy Spirit touch, just God to, to refresh you in this understanding of this relationship with God. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to pray for you right where you're at. I want God to, to just touch you. Yep, there's one hand right here, one hand right here, one hand right here, one hand. Hold them up, hold them up. I'm going to pray for you. Go ahead, hold them up. I believe today. I believe today, hold your hands up. I believe today the Holy Spirit of God is going to give you a personal epiphany about this. That aha moment. So come, Holy Spirit, right now. Each hand that's raised, all the way in the back, all the way up front here, all the way over here, all the way in the back there. Holy Spirit of God, right now. Or my brother, right here. My sister, all the way in the back. Right up front here, in the name of Jesus, all the way in the back. Two brothers back there. Holy Spirit of God. Come on. Just breathe it in. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. Drive out the doubt, the fear, the performance, mentality. Come in, Holy Spirit. Acceptance. Beloved. Precious. Valuable. Important. Come, Holy Spirit. My sister all the way in the back. Come, Holy Spirit. Lift off any, just any sense of not being worthy. In the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just come. Thank you, Father. And just one last thing as we finish up here, before we go into our last song. I always feel compelled to give people an opportunity to commit their lives to Christ. I know, I know many Americans feel like they're Christians. But folks, there's a difference between being a Christian and having a relationship with God. And there may be some of you here today that, that are beginning to realize, I need to connect with Jesus. And maybe you connected with him when you were younger, but over the years you found yourself drifted away, but you're here today. Maybe the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart. You come to church because God brought you here. You, you may not always realize that, but God brought you here. If you're sensing that need to just submit your life to God, to rededicate your life, to say, I want Jesus really to be in my life. I want to take that next step, not just be a Christian because I go to church, but be connected with God through Jesus Christ. And if I'm talking to you in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Then I'm going to just, we're all going to pray a real simple prayer, asking Jesus to come in. But I, I believe he honors that simple prayer. That's how it began for me. Real simple prayer. And I began the journey. I began it with a community of believers, but it changed my life. So, Holy Spirit, if you're tugging at any hearts here this morning, God, they'd hear that knock at the door of their heart. You know, that nervousness you're feeling is probably the Holy Spirit. It's not caffeine. It's the Holy Spirit. You feel that little flutter and what's going on. It's the Holy Spirit of God saying, I'm calling you. I want you. I want you. I paid everything I had. I put it all on the table. I'm coming after you. I want you to be part of my life. 
Anybody here this morning feeling that tug at their heart? Just want to make a decision? Do me a favor, just hold your hand up. We're going to pray with you and just allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Anybody this morning? Well, I see some hands up front here. Um, let's see, any, anybody else? I want to make a decision to say, I want to, I want to connect or reconnect with God. Just hold your hand up. I want to pray with you. Anybody else? I see, see him right up front here, brother. I, I'm not sure what your background is, but I'll tell you what. Let's just do this. Let's pray. All pray together. We're just going to invite Jesus to come into your life and establish a home base for real that you really begin to know Jesus. So let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, I'm opening my life up to you. I invite you to come in. Cleanse me of all my sins. Become my Lord and my Savior. I want to have a relationship with you. Just come, Holy Spirit, right now. Just come. Just praying for you, brother. In the name of Jesus, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand up? We're going to close with a song.